0: I'm Deirdre Sattarelli, the host of the Repivot Project podcast. On this podcast, we're going to be giving you actionable strategies and tactics as we explore the art and science of change. It's our intention to bring you the brightest minds, the most curious in spirit, and the courageous of heart as we explore the theme of change. Whether you are looking to change things up personally, launch a business, or keep your brand relevant in today's marketplace, our guests will give you the tools to push boundaries and to take risks. And on this path of change that we're all on, we're going to have some fun along the way as well. This podcast will let you join other fellow explorers because we believe that by creating a collective sense of purpose, by sharing tribal wisdom and supporting curiosity, the sum of our community is greater than its parts. do it quickly so that
1: they can get on with hiring the candidate that's best for them. And that's really what it's all about is I'm here to use my time as a service.
0: That's Rachel Wilson, CEO of Represent You, a firm she launched when she saw that the landscape around recruiting was changing and changing quickly. Her firm helps human resource departments call through what can sometimes be daunting amounts of resumes in order to find that slate that is the best fit, not only for the employer, but for the employee, making sure that both parties are satisfied in the long run. Welcome, Rachel, to the Repivot Project. Hi, Deirdre. It's it's so good to see you as we start to, uh, well, we're at the cusp of an old year and a new year. Yes. And you have, since you and I last talked, we worked together in the Endicott graduate program. We work together. And since then, you have launched your firm, your CEO of Represent U LLC. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Well, Represent U LLC is a business and human resources consulting service. It is named to represent both sides of the business with full disclosure that I am an independent contractor And I offer services such as social media marketing, website design,
0: search engine optimization, um, things of that nature. So you go beyond the concept of just doing headhunting. I mean, headhunting has been around for a long time, but it seems like you're offering a broader portfolio of services.
1: Correct. So I am removed from the actual headhunting process. I'm simply here to provide my time to help narrow candidates. So clients can choose
0: from their own questions or a list that I have made or a combination of both. And, you know, it's interesting. We find ourselves in the throes of COVID still. A lot of different industries have been upended. The concept of a remote HR service 10 years ago probably wasn't even a thought. So but do you think that this would have come about even without the pandemic? I do, uh just because
1: things are starting to be more flexible at work in general, there's more competition, employees can hire candidates from all over the world now, Uh, there's new technology in recruiting, smartphones, and things like that, so I believe it would, yes.
0: Which is, you know, spot on, this is obviously a podcast about change, and what I'm hearing you say is, not only has technology helped sort of facilitate the change around recruiting and talent acquisition, I think, even in general, but also the way people approach it from a from a thought leadership perspective. Absolutely. So how does a typical engagement for you unfold? First, how does someone find you? So they can go to
1: representyou.com, and that's spelled R-E-P-R-E-Z-E-N-T, capital U, uh, com, and from there they can shoot me a message, or they can also reach me by email, which is rachel@representyou.com
0: LinkedIn is, a, is another possibility, however they however it's easiest for them. And I see you're pretty prolific on LinkedIn, um, which I think is really important. And I know we're going to talk about LinkedIn in a little bit, but the fact that you're one of the thought leaders on LinkedIn in terms of this whole new movement around Uh, remote services, I think is really important. So you have this statement, and I think it's really profound. And your statement is, I'll I'll remind you of it just in case, deciding who will be the most effective employee occurs between the resume and the interview. And when I first heard that, I said, wow, not only from uh, someone who's doing the recruiting is that profound, but also if you're the potential employee. Explain that a little bit, that your statement.
1: Some small companies are not utilizing call screening because it takes time and it can also save tremendous time if it is outsourced because it is my only focus. It allows the HR team to focus on other tasks at hand and it also saves money in the long run because hiring me, you
0: will have less turnover. It's a lot of ground to cover too, isn't it? When you, when you, and I, you know, I've been on both ends. I've obviously been a job applicant, but also been on the receiving end of many, many resumes for one position. And there's a, a large amount of ground to cover from the resume to getting that person either sitting in front of you for a virtual interview or a real interview. Absolutely. And you know what? No one wants to spend all the
1: time and money to go through that process just to have them leave afterwards and find something else. So we really wanna make sure that it's a good fit on both ends.
0: So what is it about your expertise that helps drive efficiency into that process? What do you think is Rachel's value proposition there?
1: I really try to get to know the company, get to know what they're asking. I have a process where we kind of get to know each other before we move on. It's not always a best fit for both involved and that's okay. Yes, it's very important that we're both on the same page in terms of the candidate that we're looking for and also asking those right questions to get that candidate. So the the call screening, I feel, is a pertinent process that every organization should be using, whether it's big or small. Having done this before, it allows me to understand the process and know how to do it quickly so that they can get on with hiring the candidate that's best for them. And that's really what it's all about is I'm here to use my time as a service. Right.
0: And that's what drives the efficiency. Sort of the mind meld of you and your practice that you have at represent you and your potential client. I'm sure there's a lot of almost like missionary work that you have to do to understand what that company is like. Definitely. And sometimes when you're approaching the, the hiring process, you're viewed as an outsider, I'm guessing, right? So th- so there could be that bias. So you're, you're kind of knocking on the door saying, hey, I'm here to help. That HR department could view you as an outsider. And so you've got to create somehow an instant bridge to say, not the outsider, I'm here as an ally. Right. A hundred percent. I would say that emotional
1: key, emotional awareness, excuse me, is key. Just being personable and you know having these one-on-one conversations to really find out who they are and what they're about. Because I definitely go and research the company to get a sense, but it's different you know, when you're talking one-on-one. So again, at the end of the conversation, if either party doesn't like what they hear, they can
0: still say it's not a good fit. And how do you have a difficult conversation with a client? And when I say client, I'm talking about the, the firm that's looking to hire somebody. How do you have a difficult conversation with them if you think there's an unconscious bias somehow that's entering into their hiring practice or even more importantly, maybe it's the roster of candidates. Sure. So I love difficult conversations just because
1: it signals impact. Uh, I would point out how I noticed that candidates are not diverse and maybe suggest an audit of the process because they may not know. Uh, If they do know, they may not know how to address it. And they could very well know and just not be open to change. But all in all, it's crucial to analyze and find out the recruitment process disconnects.
0: I can see where you'd be uh, really helpful as I, again, think back to my past experiences, maybe looking through 40 or 50 resumes of people who, by and large, 90% would seem to be well qualified to have somebody there next to me that's objective to say, all right, Let's talk about this particular candidate and why he or she may be uh, qualified or not qualified as well, too. Um, I also think, too, you get rid of some of the um, paralysis by analysis that can happen when you're you're facing uh, Kyle, whether virtual or real, of resumes. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) And you provide other services as well, too. So resume writing? Yes. So resume writing, cover letter writing, and LinkedIn profiles. So you've got a great uh, story here where I know that you also focus, uh, Do you do web design work and you do some work around search engine optimization or SEO. Your philosophy on someone's LinkedIn profile and SEO. Things that tell others that you're easy to work with are
1: mm-hmm. becoming more and more critical to employers. You want To have specific data metrics. So saying, you know, I I handled this account for so long for three years or something in that nature, it would be better to say I made 3.5 million handling this account in one year or something along those lines, something specific, targeting the specific
0: job that you're going after. That's also important. One of my pet peeves is vague, vague language in a LinkedIn profile.
1: Mm. When someone
0: says... I'm a thought leader, or I'm a visionary, I kind of cringe because I don't think that says anything. I want to know, to your point, tell me how you're a thought leader, time bound and measurable, right? Tell me how you're a visionary. Or if you're an excellent sales executive, tell me you closed $10 million worth of business in six months things that you can kind of hang your hat on. Yes. Yes. Rachel, what do you see as some of the trends in resumes right now? And I know there's, um, I'll say superficial, which is using some graphics, but I actually think that the right use of graphics and resumes is not necessarily superficial, but there's uh, some other trends as well. What are your thoughts? Uh, Well, the Online presence
1: definitely matters at this point. You know, you want to make sure that what you're posting is relevant. You want to make sure that it matches what you're searching for. Any sort of freelance or educational development, because, hey, let's face it, there were times probably over the pandemic that some people weren't working and maybe were schooling or developing their profession.
0: What if someone has downtime? So say there's a length of time between gigs. Should they explain it? Acknowledge it?
1: Yes. You definitely want to make sure that you point that out and perhaps you had some medical leave or COVID even. Maybe you're just staying at home uh, with the children, whatever it is, you know, you want to be conscious of that because
0: they will be conscious of it. And I know that you have a pretty strong passion about a very tactical thing that should not go on a resume. And what is that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, That is true. That is your address. So um, it is no longer the thing to put your actual number and your street address. You can say the area, Boston, Massachusetts. You could even say something like Fenway or South End, something of that nature, but you definitely don't want to put your street address. Why is that? Safety, just simple safety. There's
0: no reason that they need to know where you live. Right. Back 20 years ago, resumes were paper, they would be sent to one address. Now everything's uploaded. Right. And all these online databases. So I think your point is well taken. And to your point, no one really needs to know. When they do, they'll ask. So what's your vision for your company? If, if you and I were to sit down, um, take two seats in a time machine. I just went to Disney uh, last week. So I'm kind of in the virtual reality mode here. <laughs> um, what's your vision for your company in, let's just say, two years time? I don't want to be crazy and say 10 years because I don't think anyone no right. what, right but two, <laughs> two years time
1: two years time well i really like the word grit okay and not in the guts resilience initiative tenacity sense but just get right in there and you know do what you're sent here to do and i feel like this is my thing i have tried all these different areas and each time i tried to stick myself in an area it just wasn't enough <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. there's
1: so much that i love to do and I think that, you know, in the next two years, I definitely want to touch on each one of these areas with as many people as I can. I really want this to be a thriving, helpful agency for others
0: to utilize. And as we mentioned, you have a broad portfolio of services, resumes, you do the HR consulting, you help with websites, LinkedIn profiles, cover letters. You wrap that all around grit, and a great example of grit for you recently was that you went through the process to be considered in the as a fed, as a vendor for the is it the federal government or state? Yes, federal contracting. Yes, that takes grit to go through that process. I'm <laughs> guessing. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it, it does. And why is that important for a small business owner to consider to perhaps go through that process?
1: Uh, for me, it was just that I didn't want to close any doors. I wanted the I love that
0: wide open. And by going through that process, did it help you think a little bit more about your business? Did it help you get more concrete about things? Concrete? Yes.
1: In terms of what exactly I wanted to offer? Yes. You have to be very specific. You have to to know hundred percent what it is you can and cannot do. And so in that nature, that is where I really came to, to narrow
0: things down. Mm-hmm. So we are in 2023 for all intents and purposes. If I would ask you pick one word, Rachel, to describe 2023 for you, not mm-hmm. necessarily about your business, but we could do extra credit. You could give me a word for that as well too. <laughs> but if you were to give me one word for you that you're going to focus on in 2023, what would that word be? Oh, this was my grit word. Oh, okay. I love, no, you can never say grit too many times. <laughs> can we talk about grit though for a moment? Because there's a bit of backlash against the word, mm-hmm. right? And I happen to love the word. And I don't think it means hurt yourself to the point of no return, but sometimes you you need grit, Right? Like not taking for granted
1: your self-care because I'm a hundred percent self-care. You know, it is important that we have those days off. So yes, I agree with you. Grit can have the wrong connotation, but all in all for me, it's everything.
0: Yeah. And sometimes it is, you have to get yourself out of bed because you've got, you've got a client meeting or some expectation or an RFP that might maybe do. Oh, and as absolutely. A, as a small business owner, you, you do have to Kind of grit your teeth and, and go through it. And I know that, like I said, there's some people that have a strong aversion to that. But I mean, life, that's in my opinion, life. So, right. That's business. Yeah, that's business. So, would you say that the word grit applies to both you personally and to how you're approaching your business for 2023? A hundred percent. i have to get you a t shirt made up. <laughs> I love
1: it. I'd wear
0: it. Gritty All the podcasts would be with that shirt on. And what um so you you've talked to, uh, about how people can get in contact with you and if someone is early in their career, they're looking at their resume now thinking things aren't happening for me in my career, I need to change things up. If you were to give them maybe two or three sentences of advice, what would that be? Okay. Aside from making an appointment with you, right? <laughs> Well, thank
1: you. Yes. Uh, But no, simply focus on what it is that you're going after and really craft your resume to reflect that position specifically. Great. Well,
0: this has been a pleasure talking with you. And so I'm going to get working on the t-shirts now. (laughs) Great. Thanks so much for for joining (laughs) the uh, RePivot Project, Rachel. Thank you. Have a great one. We've been talking with Rachel Wilson, CEO of Represent RepresentU. If you want to learn more about her services, you can drop her note at Rachel, that's R-A-C-H-E-L at representu.com, spelling that R-E-P-R-E-Z-E-N-T-U.com. And if you know someone whose business is focused on the art or science of change, or if you know someone who's had a big pivot in their life, I'd love to talk with them. So drop me a note, at Deirdre, that's D-E-I-R-D-R-E, at repivotproject.com. See you next time.